Alright, it's 7.30pm here in Blacktown. It's time to get this rolling. Episode 21 of Solid 60. I've been putting it off for a few days, uh, like I have been every week recently. But can't put it off forever. If I end up doing two uh, on the same day, it'll get pretty silly. So with the weekend ahead of me, I'll uh, wrap up what's happened in the last, I don't know, week and a half. Uh, which isn't much. Just been doing the usual thing on the truck. Uh, I actually did go to jiu-jitsu once, so I was quite proud of myself for that. I didn't know what the hell was going on, and I felt even more lost than I'd ever been. But I couldn't, I didn't have the guts to go downstairs and quit, so I guess I'll have to go back at some point. Looks like my free gi that I was going to get from an old friend is off the table, because he's thinking about going back to do jiu-jitsu, even though he kind of quit. Said it was an injury and later admitted it was because it was costing too much. And given I do want to save up for a motorhome or something, it's $80 a fortnight that I could use in the bank. It's also a really good way to maybe not so much stay fit, but to stay engaged uh, out of the house, meeting new people. They're all super friendly. And putting myself into a crucible of fire so I actually live a little more. Some weird stuff though, like obstacle racing was giving me the same thing where I'd run around and test myself and go outside my comfort zone and end up appreciating when life was good a little more. Uh, it's kind of something you have to do because you noticed, even, I was listening to it, here we go again, listening to a podcast, a soundbite from it basically, but they were talking about how, oh yeah, 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 I remember which one. It's that 1A, which is really good. His name's Josh, and I listened to about 20 of them before realizing he was black. So, and he had another guy on, he was interviewing, he was also black, and I didn't pick it up on either of them until I was like, so who is this guy? And got curious enough to look him up. And I think at one point he, he mentioned that they were both black. So that was, oh, um, and they're both from a similar area. I don't know if it was North Carolina. It was somewhere remote. Like it wasn't New York. It was some kind of regional America. Uh, yeah, it slipped out of my mind. But basically, I guess, because it's a coast, I don't know if it's the education. Oh, that sounds really racist. But basically... He doesn't have the usual kind of abonics that you hear more on podcasts. Like on TV and stuff, it's, you know, whatever scripted. But these guys are mostly just speaking as themselves. They'll have a topic and ask questions. Like obviously he'll write down his questions, but it's he's, you know, speaking with his own voice. And it's, to me, and again, this isn't, try not to sound patronizing. Uh, and there it goes again, my phone, I thought I'd turned down the set of the volume, but the it's ridiculous with the notifications. But now it is down. It basically, he sounds like one of the smartest people I've ever heard, uh, which puts him in the top five along with Mark Bernardin, the writer that teams up with Kevin Smith for Fat Man on Batman. He's like a hundred times smarter than Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith is pretty quick. He never seems to forget lyrics to songs. Like he can just bust it into pretty much any song from like the 70s through to the late 90s and uh, doesn't skip a beat and is pretty creative and, and quick on his feet with comedy and things like that but in terms of breaking down the structure of a film and coming up with a better plot narrative or idea or reasons for the character's motivations that sort of thing my couch sorry to change subject and i hope moving this blanket around doesn't end up on the audio too badly but it is getting a little cool while i sit here without the heater on because otherwise the podcast it sounds like i'm doing it in a wind tunnel or, you know, that I've got planes flying by or something. Things that aren't that loud in person, somehow the laptop 
or mic just turns it into World War Three. It's, it's, that's why I should really have headphones plugged in at the same time so I know what's going on but uh, I'm not that far ahead yet I, I'll get there in a few years but I, at the moment I'll stick with not knowing what I'm doing and not doing any research because uh, that would I could much rather be playing Skyrim at the moment which is my current addiction I'm even thinking about it right now and it's kind of like get this done so I can get back on which I've got to be ashamed to admit yeah I was talking about the podcast and what they said which is basically, oh yeah, he was talking to a professor and a few other people at the same time, but basically this professor uh, ran a couple of chapters of a, a black fraternity and they were discussing hazing and he was saying how people that are reasonably comfortable and well off and that sort of thing and have a privileged life like to do things to remind themselves that they're alive and take risks and, and go through something really extreme like the hazing and that brings them together and gives them a lot more respect for that organization and, and just the whole like bonding thing so I kind of got that that boot camp is similar though that's probably more about bonding with your particular platoon uh, rather than you know the the superiors but yeah so that's that was interesting uh, hearing that and and I'm getting to know this guy because he does occasionally interject with some personal stuff uh, not so much what he's doing every day or anything, but just background information on where he's from. And it's very rare that he gets emotional, though. Like, there was that one argument that he had with the, not Ku Klux Klan, but some Confederate supporter. I have switched at the moment, though, to something called Behind the Bastards, which is freaking amazing. I can't remember the host name right now. I could look it up. I mean, that's why I'm sitting here on this couch. I'm not sitting in on a park bench in a in the middle of a forest somewhere it actually has a website and everything which i haven't been to yet i'm going to go to it right now and it's pretty good it's like a proper website it has links to all the media that would be associated with each episode so that's pretty cool there's some dodgy ads on the right hand side but i guess they've got to make their money somehow so it's like the bonus bits to the different um podcasts is the congo after leopold footnotes that was a fascinating one there's a couple of two-parters where they really need to take their time and go through it properly. Uh, the one I just listened to was about Keith Rainier, so I'm going to have to scroll right down to the bottom to get to the earlier episodes. Episode 14 is the lowest one there, I suppose I'll have to... God, and there's more from the Stuff Media Network. There's a whole bunch of different uh, podcasts down the bottom. Movie Crush, Stuff They Don't Want You To Know, Daily Zeitgeist, Ridiculous History... Stuff you should know, stuff to blow your mind, stuff mum never told you, nerd efficient, brain stuff, and drawn story of animation. I think I'm already subscribed to most of those, but uh, I might have to fill in the blanks. I don't know when the hell I'll get time to listen to them all, but certainly glad I started listening to this one. Each uh, topic he'll switch to a different co-host, and the guy that he had with him to do the Cosby episodes was really good. Uh, pretty much everyone he has is really interesting and has a lot to add and they go in cold and don't know much about the topic or the, the subject and uh, he, he pretty much blows their mind and they have a lot of interesting reactions to that so that's something I recommend podcast archive so they'll go right down to the back and it's the one where I've just been binging it like actually in the middle of the day just went screw this and downloaded the rest of them so now I'm pretty much not up to date and listening to them, but I've downloaded all of them. There was one where they were talking about, I think it was Harvey Weinstein. And the guy was, 
he sounded like a gay black man. I can't remember. He just had this kind of slightly effeminate tone. I could look it up. Bill Cosby, A Life of Red Flags. That was horrific. Like, I knew the guy was a piece of shit. The same with Weinstein. Like, you knew he was a bad egg. But when you go into the details... Uh, Edgar Montplacier. Jesus. So I'm going to look him up. He's got a Twitter account. Uh, what about images? Yeah. I mean, I knew he was a black guy. That's not the one I'm thinking of. The one that was really effeminate was the one on the Weinstein. Was that a woman? I've lost track. The Cosby guy is really good, though. Um some kind of comedian he's got really cool hair and uh, yeah, he talks about visual storytelling well, I don't know what PUC film would be he obviously writes a lot he's in something called the spectrum tell me what PUC there's a lot of it just throws you an acronym over and over again but Pacific Union College Film Studies Program right okay it sounds like a cool place to be wish I could do something like that Start again, just you know, if it wasn't for the kids, I'd just relocate and become some new man and give it another shot. Not that I think of them as a chain weighing me down or anything, but like it would be impossible anyway, but it'd be nice to be able to flit in and out of different lives. Anyway, Bill Cosby, what a piece of shit. Just grew up thinking it was okay to drug women as a way to get in bed with them. And it just got worse from there. And then who was the guys? I seem to have lost it. But at least I found out how to pronounce the name of the movement that he was in. So have I gone to the other? Oh no. After the Cocaine Queen, that was really good as well. Right, the Sex Cult. And I have to click on it again to remember the name of it. Nix of them. So I've already forgotten. <laughs> I'll have to listen to the episode again to. Uh, remember that's with Anna Salinas and she's really interesting there was one girl on on there somewhere that had a really like bl- black voice and this I don't know how racist that is it's, I'm Australian give me a break like we, we don't know what we're doing I was telling Karen the other day that when I went to Samwise's video shoot uh, one of the guys that turned up was like this African American guy I don't know if that's still the right term, but basically he helps out a lot, plays the uh, Black Panther role sometimes when they do a show. He's really athletic and just super, like, stands out. Women just drop when he walks. But you can, just takes all the attention in the room. Um, As soon as he walked in, I just by instinct, like without even thinking, it was like a reflex. I did the Black Panther salute uh, from the movie and (laughs) thankfully he didn't see me because uh, when I told Karen, she was like, yeah, no, you, you, you can't do that. You know, if he was in the Black Panther costume, obviously that would be fine. But just because he's black, yeah, that, unless you're also black, and even then it might be a bit weird out of context. So, yeah. Um, but it was pretty pretty funny listening to the podcast about this child molester whose sex cult taught women friendship. Well, that's a fairly good... Uh, Keith Renier, that's his name. And he's in jail right now, thankfully. But uh, he was a piece of shit. He uh, just went through life lying and grifting and doing multi-level marketing schemes and uh, well, not even. They were basically just kind of confidence tricks and schemes. Like, it wasn't even like a pyramid where they would get something for the money. They would just give him money and he would go and get money from other people. And it's, I can't remember the term for that. But yeah, he just kept paying it out and 
till he got more and more and more people eventually it all came crashing down i know the name for that is like the first person who started doing it and that was in the 80s and from there on it got worse he started uh hanging out with younger women and doing the worst possible thing you could do with them getting on their mum's side brainwashing him into thinking it was okay and eventually had this cult essentially and somehow snared a few famous people a few rich people he had two different mexican presidents children uh, come along to some of his corporate seminars which was just like a huge ripoff because he was charging thousands of dollars for a few hours of just like nonsense very easily very easy to hate to go so i recommend pretty much anything done by it. and the only reason i found this podcast or went to it faster than I would have otherwise was because I was reading a Reddit thread about somehow the main topic ended up being Cracked, which is the website based on the magazine that had ripped off Mad. And it used to be good. For a couple of years there, they had a team on there doing like really interesting essays and informative articles. They were listicles in a way, a lot of them, but everyone was just going on about how great it was. And I remember vaguely reading a couple of things that popped up now and then, maybe on fark.com and things like that but i was never like an avid everyday checking it type thing but i do remember enjoying the odd article and apparently now it's gone to shit and all the guys that were on it left and started doing their own thing a couple of them went on to write for tv shows and things like that uh, but this guy was on it and now he does this podcast and he really goes into depth he reads a bunch of books does his research bef- before he uh, starts talking about whoever it is stalin or hitler or even king leopold it was a real piece of work. I mean, I don't know how he sleeps at night after uh, spending so much time researching these animals, essentially. They've got, they're all narcissistic sociopaths. And uh, you'd lose a little faith in humanity if you just studied this and did nothing else. But th- he seems to have a large group of, he's like a real Renaissance man culturally. Like, he's just got all these contacts and has amazing guests on and he does mention something about being a bit depressed now and then or having anxiety, but uh, I don't know. I can't really... He just seems so switched on. I'm trying to get his name. He does talk about having a beard. There's no photos of him on the website. He likes to keep his stuff media. He's not like a big self-promoter. He's just more about the content, so good for him. Photos? Yeah. I guess... No, it's just going to be photos of like yeah the different podcast issues. Descendant of the original boogeyman, Albert Fish. Huh. I thought it might be. Uh, see, there are episodes I'm not up to yet. I've really got to listen to the whole thing. I won't be doing much of that, though, this weekend because all the overtime has stopped. Today was the last day where I had to got to drive to Mount Druitt and do an easy sort of 15-minute drive in each direction. No more of that on the weekend, which get, brought in a little bit of extra money. Thankfully, on Monday, we're starting a uh, new tank, which I've got to do twice a day but it's only for a week. And it's in Lane Cove, which is a bit annoying because that is a long drive from here. I've got to take the coin where I can get it. So what was, there was a subreddit I was going to go to before I talked about some Facebook drama that I've had, which isn't, thank, thankfully it's not as bad as it can be. It's just, I've had some run-ins with like a vegan and these Trump supporters in a group called, well, why not? Now I've started talking about it, so let's go there. It's called the Sydney Skeptics Group, which I would have thought would have been a fairly well-balanced group of skeptical individuals that take everything logically and unfortunately it turns out like the entire group is just a bunch of really nervous alt-right kind of people that would call 
someone that was a bit on the left, a soy boy, almost. There's a bit of that in there, uh, which is a pity because it doesn't make, to me, a skeptic would be skeptical of outright. They would be skeptical of anyone on the far left, you know, that would be a, a fairly solid centrist. And I like to think of myself as a radical centrist, which I also like to think is an oxymoron, but I've seen the term thrown around so much lately that maybe it is actually a thing, but you know, I'm sticking with it for now. It's like I used to call myself a libertarian because I thought it meant you're all about free speech and that was it. But apparently the term is a lot more loaded than that and it can mean someone that is basically it's a really shitty stance to take in America. It means you don't want there to be any government uh, assistance or control or safety net. And obviously I'm all about some safety net for people like you know you need highways you need hospitals you need some form of uh, care out there for people that can't help themselves um, otherwise you're just a complete sociopath but yeah I, so I keep running into people that don't understand that there's a difference between someone going hey uh, what's with all the I hate white people tweets and they go oh this is such a double standard because they'll get rid of people for hate speech if they're mm -hmm. being racist to black people but why don't they do the same I mean it's still racism I guess but it's not as bad because we're up here we're, we've been on top for so long and listening to all these history podcasts it only freaking uh, confirms that but essentially you're punching up you're punching down my cousin's a bit like that we're all exactly the same it's a clean slate there's no privilege there's no we're all starting from the same uh, block so to speak, racism doesn't exist. So that's, I, I just can't believe that rational thinking people can get to that point. Back to, I will do the subreddit quickly because I, I want to try and do a different one every week. And one of my favorite ones like these called Movie Details. And it just picks up things that have been thrown in by really good directors or writers and would a lot of people would probably miss. Just little details that show how much they care about the, or how much passion they have for the project and the characters it's going to be hard because this <laughs> thankfully I can edit out the silence because now and then I might just have to stop and read I haven't really done any research I just saw one pop up and I went yeah I'll go through these oh that's terrible in Space Jam Marvin the Martian plays the referee because he is both a tune and an alien meaning he's neutral a tune and an alien that's not as bad a pun as I thought it was 2000 I'm just going to read this straight off 2012 film Dark Shadows digitally removed every instance of a reflection or blinking for Johnny Depp's portrayal of a vampire. I mean, I thought they did that mirror trick some other way. Because I know it's, you know, like with angles and stuff. Or, like they faked another room on the other side of the glass to make it look like a mirror, but it's really just... There you go. Well, when you've got the money, use it digital effects it just fixes everything saving private ryan graffiti on the wall of a ruined french village reads petain is a traitor philip petain served as a head of v vicky france or vichy france and was seen as a nazi collaborator see i used to think i could have been a really good news reader one day i might have mentioned this before but then i listen to myself doing this sometimes and it's like i haven't gotten drunk but i'll just really swallow a word or get lost in the syllables and I'm like I could never professionally do anything with my voice in Batman the Killing Joke when Bruce Wayne pulls up pictures of the Joker there is one paying homage to Heath Ledger's Joker in the Dark Knight is there now 
let's have a look as a screenshot it's, it's hard to do this without the screenshots to be honest uh, but there's Batman looking at his giant freaking uh, computer wall thing with two four six eight ten images there's some fish with smiles there's a clown like a fat circus clown there's Robin being killed there's a picture of the like amusement park circus place where the Joker hung out I'm trying to find the one that's supposed to be Heath Ledger this might be reaching but second from the left top row gives me Jack Nicholson vibes yeah that, that seems right he's got the sunglasses it's not a reach it's exactly a shot from when Joker does his Smilex commercials and there's a YouTube link to that which works really well on a podcast yeah it's the one where he's sitting in a jail cell and everyone's pointing out what all the other references are so that's cool but it look, it's really a visual thing so it's look what I totally turned off my ringtone thing what the hell? What the f- This is driving me nuts. Ah, no, it was media. Ah, you're killing me. You are killing me. It's definitely off now, I swear. Alright, so the next one, I don't know why it's not letting me see the image. It's a spoiler, but I mean, come on. Deadpool 2, if you haven't seen it, you're never going to. You suck. Unless you're 9. That's fair enough, we're going to have to wait on that one. Lewis. In Deadpool 2, Deadpool stabs a blade into the pictures of all the characters who die. Domino's picture, on the other hand, is neatly hung by attack. Yeah, that's why there's a spoiler here, because it's all about who kind of dies and then isn't really dead later on. And Come on, watch the damn movie. In Django Unchained, when Django shoots Butch, he catches a spray of blood in the face, has to pause and wipe his eyes, and misses a shot he would have hit. That just seems like... That doesn't seem like that much of a detail. Just part of the things that went on in the movie this i the detail stuff that's interesting is more like things you might not have noticed unless you really had to concentrate and it's like in the background or like it's a foreshadowing or it's a callback and things like that like it's really inside baseball stuff like you might not have noticed that after his undercover operation in imperium which is the movie with i guess the guy who played harry potter my brain's fried to not be able to remember his name uh, he's a really cool dude he's got a bandaged arm in one scene and apparently that's a little while after he got his white supremacy tattoo removed so that makes sense it, there's nothing really mind blowing here now and then something will pop up and you're like oh for some reason that's not happening right now there's a lot of movies it's more interesting when you've seen the movie and it's like oh that's what that was OMG that's really clever it, see this is what I'm talking about the scene in Ted, where he wishes for his bear to be real, was the actual sky outside of Boston on Christmas Eve of 1985, courtesy of Neil deGrasse Tyson. See, the, if you remember the scene, he's looking out the window, and it's like a, I think they do a pan, and it's like the night sky, with all the constellations that would have been there at that exact time. So that is a cool detail. Even though you've, it's a movie where you've got a talking soft toy, you still go to that sort of length to keep it real Spider-Man Homecoming the URL of the video that Peter watches matches the URL of the Spider-Man Homecoming trailer that's pretty clever no one would pick that up unless you really had could pause they leave easter eggs in there for people that take the time to go through and really pick out all those little details yeah there's that one there in Shark Tale when Lenny throws up a license plate it's the same one that was found in the body of the first shark caught in Jaws I haven't seen Shark Tale though so it doesn't mean a whole lot to me in black panther when charla strikes the new panther habit suit to test its kinetic energy storage 
some glowing Wakandan text appears on the torso. If you translate, it actually says, I love you, mum. Well, that's cute. I didn't know people had figured out how to translate the uh, interesting script that they use for... I love that. You know, to me, that's dedication. When they go and create a whole new language for a movie, I think Marvel's done it now. Star Trek had done it before with Klingon, if you're, and probably even other languages. I know Lord of the Rings has done it with the Elvish and possibly even more. In The Big Lebowski, the dude thinks a new Corvette costs a million dollars, indicating how t out of touch he is with modern times and basic finance. So in the credits of Guardians of the Galaxy 2, there's like a photo of the Grandmaster um, and the guy played by Christ. I forget his name. I'm going to have to look it up. All I have to do is type in The Fly. I never forget the name of that movie. Jeff Goldblum. So you see Jeff Goldblum in in character as the Grandmaster at the end. See, to me this all sounds kind of lame. I mean, it's it's alright when you're sitting there reading it quietly to yourself and you can kind of go, ah. but when you read it out for an audience, even if it's a imaginary audience, it all seems kind of like, well, I need to go find something a bit more interesting than this. But uh, I'm here, so I'm just going to plow through a little bit more. I'm at half an hour. In Avatar, the biometric scanner for Jake's pod only scans him from head to waist because he's paraplegic. Yeah, it makes sense. So this is what I'm talking about. Uh, at the end of Wolf of Wall Street, when Jordan Belfort, Leo DiCaprio, is giving a motivational seminar, the man who introduces him is the real-life Jordan Belfort. Wow, okay. See, he's a real... That's a, that's a total story of redemption, isn't it? Because he was a piece of shit. And he went to a cushy federal prison where he played tennis and then got out and he's still doing... Uh, motivational speaking, it's hard for me to get behind that like to have too much respect for that it just seems like a similar kind of con job where you're telling people what they want to hear and they're paying a lot of money for it i'm not sure i liked jordan belfort being in the film he's a pretty unlikable character which was reflected in dicaprio's unsympathetic portrayal yeah i mean you've got to give him props for that at least it wasn't a puff piece like they tried to keep it interesting but also as close as possible to the real piece of shit that he was so for him to appear in the movie and endorse it. I mean, it shows how big his ego is, but also that, hey, he's not going to get bitter and, and flounce off just because they've shown that the real man wasn't uh, always super cool. So not everyone would do that. Like, for example, some of these shitbags I'm hearing about on Behind the Bastards, there's no way they would let anyone, they would be suing for slander and all that sort of thing. Was this Belfort guy's like, hey, that's a movie about me. I can't expect too much. Yeah, this is really like something I have to sit here and read um, properly. So I'm going to go back to like the Today I Learned. That's an old classic. I always have to go to at least one or two from there every week because it's just insanely cool. Some of the stuff like this one I kind of knew and it's old, but it just shows you what kind of guy he is. Mark Zuckerberg used failed login attempts from Facebook users to break into the user's private email accounts and read their emails. And these weren't just any users, these were the reporters that had just started investigating what Facebook was about. So it's back when he just kicked off and he, I think he still had the twins involved, DeVos twins or whoever they were, and it was all just new. And it was when he was in, I think in an interview telling people like, yeah, I can just, whose email address do you want? Like I can, I'll go to the bloody comments because I read it before and it was that quote that they use now and then. People just let me in. They're ridiculously stupid. It's, it's funny because the comments have been moved around since I read it last time. So I'm having trouble finding Harvard Crimson editors. So that was 
the journal or whatever that was investigating him. Sounds like something Harvey Weinstein would do, to be honest. I don't think he's as bad as that guy, but he's definitely on the spectrum. And I wouldn't say just from what I've heard, and I don't know how accurate the movie is, but yeah, not a huge amount of uh, empathy. Yeah, this is him speaking, obviously. So if you ever need info about anyone at Harvard, just ask. I have over 4,000 emails, pictures, addresses. People just submit it. I don't know why. They trust me. Dumb fucks. That's literally from out of the mouth of the babes. So it just shows you what we're dealing with, and we're all hooked on his juice, though. We're just doing it. They alone... Bob Metcalf, inventor of Ethernet, predicted in 1995 in a 1995 InfoWorld article that the internet would catastrophically collapse in 1996. God, I was still in high school. And promising to eat his words if wrong. And in 1997, he put his article in a blender and drank it at the International World Wide Web Conference. God, that's when people used to say the World Wide Web. So good on him. He stuck to his words. Today I learned that rice farming occupies a third of Earth's fresh water. That's insane. I knew it was a water-heavy crop, but uh, that is ridiculous. Uh, hopefully they will find ways using genetic modification of crops to reduce that amount of water because it doesn't sound sustainable given what's going to happen to the environment in the next few hundred years. It's just going to get tougher. We need to invent better shit. Today I learned that Adam is just the Hebrew word for man. Huh. Well, there you go. There's another reason to get addicted to cocaine. Though I'm not sure about the whole losing all the blood vessels in your nose. They discovered the reason cocaine users lose weight isn't because it suppresses appetite, but rather because it suppresses the body's ability to store nutrients as fat. In fact, they also found that cocaine users actually eat more than non-users on average and still lose weight. That sounds like a win. Oh, there's so many good ones. I could read this all freaking day. But it's, it's worth repeating. 20th Century Fox, convinced that Star Wars was going to flop, agreed to George Lucas' proposition to forego an additional $500,000 directing fee in return to keep licensing and merchandising rights for himself. Like all of them. This decision cost Fox billions and made George Lucas well, a billionaire. And I remember watching the documentary on Star Wars toys where at some point... He lost, like, he let it lapse or something ridiculous, and they got there. They got to renegotiate the deal basically because mm -hmm. this wasn't Fox, this was the toy company. Uh, when he went in and just said, All right, you're going to get X amount of the profits, and it was just some silly low amount for the toy company. They still made a lot of money, but it was, you know, Lucas was going home just banking it, banking it, banking it. And I think there was a couple of years there before the prequels and uh, where it all just fell apart and yeah when it came back to making them again they uh, thankfully got to renegotiate because not that I'm ever on the side of the big corporate toy companies but it's like oh man he was already set as one man to have that much money and power and considering how once the first three movies got done I, everything after that was kind of uh, a bit of a fail and it took a long time but we got there where they're actually making decent movies again Arguably. The word quarantine comes from the Venetian quaranta, meaning 40. The 40 days that ships were supposed to stay off the coast of Europe uh, to prevent the spread of the Black Death in 1300s. Well, hmm. Many popular sites in New York City, like Washington Square Park, Madison Square Park, a lot of the parks, but there's just a long list of park names. Uh, they all contain over 20,000 bodies. Most of these were cemeteries. 
closed in the 1800s and the parks were built right on top. I always wondered about cemeteries because, I mean, they, they're building new ones and I keep seeing stuff pop up now and then when I drive around, like, oh, there's a whole new wing of that cemetery being built. And I was even delivering fuel to some sites where they were building new sections and it's like, it's just, to me, seems like a waste of space. I mean, it's nice to have somewhere to go and pay tribute to your loved ones that aren't there anymore and all that. But it seems if you're that um, mad about visiting them, I mean, it's easy for me to say, given that I've got a car and I'm pretty able-bodied, but you could go a fair bit of distance to visit them. Like, it's it's the, the prime real estate that they take up. And, like, how long are they going to be there? At what point do you go, right, no one knows this person anymore. They're probably two or three hundred years old, like when they died, and let's do something else with this land, kind of thing, which obviously is what happened then, but I don't I don't know if that would happen again now. I think at this point they just you're stuck with it. The way people get all like uh, emotional about spaces and you can't even renovate a building if it's over a certain amount of years old unless it burns down which is what happened in Parramatta with the school and there's rumours that that was on purpose just so they could rebuild today I learned of the world's loneliest man a man from Brazil who's never been contacted by the outside world and his remaining members of the tribe were massacred in the mid 90s so it was like the last dude of that tribe and no one else anywhere speaks his language god hopefully uh, that pain ends soon for him because I mean how long can he hang around with no medical assistance so I mean they're pretty tough dudes but yeah I can't imagine their lifespan is too long every tourist to the kingdom of Bhutan must pay a daily fee of US $250 this tax is to discourage large tour groups of low quality high impact tourists that may damage Bhutan's fragile and unspoiled environment well, I had no idea it was that much I think I'll stay clear of that place until I'm some kind of millionaire if that ever happened God knows how that would work, but... Wow. Today, I found out that a Queensman, Rafi Stepanian, has mined the cracks in the sidewalks in Midtown's Diamond District for bits of diamonds, rubies, platinum, and gold to make a living. Over six days, he says, he collected enough gold for two sales, totaling $819. Now, that is dedication, because they've got to be microscopic. That sounds exactly like the kind of dream I had that I could do when I was in primary school, because I had a friend convince me that the uh, cubic zirconium or whatever it was it was like the stuff that was shiny in the cricket pitch and different parts of the school was actually like really valuable stuff and we would sit there digging all lunch but to be fair this is the same guy that convinced me he could time travel and freeze time and all sorts of ridiculous stuff like that I was a fairly gullible kid I gotta admit but, uh, it does remind me of that sort of treasure hunting that I would do as a kid because you just you had hope anything could happen. You could walk home and find a briefcase with a million dollars in it. I would seriously fantasize about that happening. Uh, the only thing I kind of not really seriously fantasize about but still wonder and think would be amazing is if I could reboot and start again with everything I know now, say, you know, 20 years ago. Uh, the only thing that, even if I could do that, that would really stop me is knowing that that might potentially throw out the lives of once I've had those two sons, that's it. And you can't really go back before they were born because even if you find the same women and 
knock them up and all that it's a good chance it's a different time different day even if you go back and have sex at exactly the same time and day the dna might mix differently somehow and not the same kid so i wouldn't want my dad to do that so i wouldn't be selfish enough to do it myself but i would certainly go back as far as i could that would be cheating i would take and one thing i would do over that even with all the mistakes i've made up till now i'd rather do the uh trick that Nicolas Cage had in that movie where I can then go back like t- seven minutes or something ridiculously short mm-hmm. but uh, sure helped if you hang out in a casino you could get by pretty well you would have to limit how long you spent in a certain casino but that would be a really freaking cool ability I'll have to watch that again and I don't think they used it enough like they did some fun with it uh, in the car chases and scenes like that but like Ant-Man they really go to town playing with his abilities and the abilities not just of him but how they can shrink and blow up cars and other objects and buildings and it's just a non-stop train ride of fun but uh not so much with that no one watched that one i think the nicholas cage movie i can't even remember what it's called but if someone could do a reboot or something maybe net everyone's into doing like a tv series version of a film now like which is what's happening with uh watchmen that's now a HBO series written by Damon Lindelhoff who wrote Lost so I'm looking forward to that they've got a people Don Johnson is in the cast Louis Gossett Jr some older actors there Francis Fisher we don't know who they're going to be maybe they'll be playing the characters when they're a lot older looking looking forward to seeing that because the movie was alright but like a lot of people have said it really needed to be done over a longer kind of story arc and needed a different format so hopefully this does it justice Idris Elba continues to live let's Bond rumours Idris was never going to play James Bond oh god damn it I was really excited about that not so much that he's a black guy he's just awesome I can't think of anyone more um, cool and suave and British and just impressive than him right now so I'm trying to read this and it's all over the place BMD I don't even know what that is what's BMD Birth, Movies, Death. Okay, that's the name of this website. Okay, sorry. Our own man of mystery, Joff Gard, pretty much laid the rumours to rest when people were getting all hot and bothered over a report of Antoine Fuqua meeting with Eon Productions. as a revelation that Barbara Broccoli feels it is time for an ethnic minority to play 007. From this, we get directly to Bond producers want Idris for Bond, which feels like a 2 plus 2 equals 5 leap, ignoring the train of eventually could if... Now, while we haven't heard his name, it would be surprising if Fuqua hadn't met with Broccoli purely from the standpoint of Ian Productions doing due diligence on potential future directors. It would be astonishing if Ian wasn't thinking about casting an actor of colour, given the public conversation around the subject. At the same time, it's worth noting three things. He made these comments on the launch of an immersive 3D sound app for Cinema Goers. Equalizer 2 is released in the UK next week. Well, Idris Elba's unfavorably reviewed directorial debut Yardi follows at the end of the month. One might say that's a useful confluence of promotion. Then over the weekend Elba put the rumors to bed himself. My name's Elba, Idris Elba. Well, could it be rumors or denial? Yeah, that's what I would have thought. Left no doubt with the next two. I, it's just a picture of him with Flavor Flav. I don't get it. Don't believe the hype. But who dispels gossip with fucking public enemy quotes? Oh, okay, so don't believe the hype is in. Yeah, I'm not going to be in James Bond. All right, that's that's pretty cool. 
knows what he's doing. He's beyond me. Yeah, so that is enough, I think. I was going to talk about more what's been going on. I can't remember anything. I'm going to see Lewis tomorrow. Looking forward to that. Just play some board games. He's got his athletics carnival on Monday. I thought it was last week. It's actually next week. So hopefully I can still go to that. Um, yeah, that's uh, all I can really think of right now. My mind's pretty fried as usual. Enough sleep, but thankfully tomorrow will be unusually sleepy till about. Oh, that's a horrible term. I'll get to wake up after seven o'clock, which is pretty awesome. But for now, I'll actually jump back on Skyrim and get lost in the world of snow, ice, and dragons. Because wow, that's an escapist roller coaster ride. I've got to tell you. And nothing's had its hooks in me like that for quite a while. Of course, it's Bethesda, and it did freeze up once, but thankfully it seemed like a glitch that uh, is yet to be repeated. So uh, that's where I'm at. I will try and uh, do a little bit more jujitsu before the next podcast and have more to say on that. I mean, these guys rolling around together, they had toes almost in each other's mouths, all sorts of flipping and flopping. I was trying to learn a movement. It's just either I'm a really slow learner or something about the comfort zone of being that close to people that it's going to take me a while to get over. But I know in the long run it's, it is a constructive. The only physical thing I do other than work that, that really pushes me. So I think it's until there's a better option, that's something I have to keep exploring. I don't think I've given it a fair go. Crack it away at that. Uh, in the meantime, have a solid 60 yourself, and I'll see you soon, or at least you'll hear me soon.